Hey, if you want to turn your Bibles to Psalm 103, we are in a series called uh, Summer Playlist, and uh, it is built around the idea that this is actually the nation of Israel's playlist. The book of Psalms were songs that were written declaring praises to God, sharing just deep-hearted living and confusion, but trusting God. And uh, we don't have the music that was accompanied with these words, but certainly they uh, are God's written word to us um, to give us encouragement along our journey. This particular psalm that we're looking at today is Psalm 103. So uh, I would say open your Bibles or open your phone or your app to Psalm 103. If you have an app, you get half credit with the Lord, but um, you can follow along as well. This was um, written from a perspective of a believer. This is a psalm that was written from a person who had received blessings in their life. It was David's psalm. Uh, we think that he wrote it later in his life as he's able to reflect back at how good God had been in his life. He's filled with gratitude and praise. In fact, uh, what we're talking about today is our reasons to praise, our reasons to be grateful for all that the Lord has done for us. Uh, you may have read the psalm, and maybe you certainly you've heard people quote it, but it's Psalm 103. We'll look at the first five verses together this morning and then continue on. This is Psalm 103, a psalm of David. David says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, and who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. David asks this question, really, uh, or commands his soul to actually bless the Lord. You think about, there's a lot of things to not be thankful for today, right? We, inflation might be one of them. Uh, taxes, uh, chaos in the world, uh, conflict that goes on. Certainly we all have our own personal issues, right, in our own lives. Uh, at some point in our journey, it can become difficult to actually reflect and say, hey, soul, wake up. There's so much to be grateful for, for all that the Lord has done. As those tough times come in, uh, maybe we set our journey with the Lord and we are grateful, we're thankful, we're reflective, we think about all that God has done for us, we're grateful for our salvation, and then life just kind of hits us. The daily grind, uh, difficulties, miscarriage uh, that we might go through, sickness that comes our way, uh, difficulties in relationship, and we're no longer, because of just the grind of life, we're no longer standing in awe of all of God's goodness. We don't stand in awe of, uh, Lord, you First of all, you're worthy of praise because of who you are, and you're worthy of praise because of all you've done for me. And so David says, hey, soul, have you ever had a conversation with yourself? My wife, uh, now that I'm getting older, she's like, babe, who are you talking to? <laughs> I'm like, I'm, first of all, I'm talking to my imaginary friend, okay? I just need someone in my, no. I, I, I'm like, man, I'm talking to my soul. I'm talking to myself. There's another psalm where David says, Why so downcast, O my soul? Put your hope in God is what David said. Here David says, hey soul, it's time for you to awaken up and, and, and put all your trust in him and, and be filled with gratitude for all he is. 
He recognizes in this moment, and I think that as a believer, as you journey through life, you might have moments like two, you recognize that your soul isn't in a state of blessing God. There's a lot of things to be, uh, you know, frustrated with in life. There's a lot of things to complain about. Essentially, he's commending his soul. He's recognizing that I'm in a place that's not filled with gratitude right now, and it's not a healthy place as a believer. So soul, you need to actually recognize who God is and begin to bless the Lord, and it begins to change his attitude and certainly his day. He says, uh, all of me from the soul. His total being, he commands himself, David, worship the Lord, praise the Lord. It's an inward, uh, Jeremy touched on it, like it's not just words that we say, it's an inward connection with God at the soul level. It's not mechanical with our lips, right? It's not just our physical hands that we raise up, it's at the heart level. It's at the soul level that David says, all that is within me, Bless his holy name. And then he begins to give some reasons. In fact, the psalm actually walks us through three different reasons why. The first is personal to David. His personal blessings to me in his own life. And he begins to recount the blessings of belonging to the Lord. There's another psalm that says, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. So he takes some inventory. This would be a great uh, moment to just sort of pause in your own life. Do you ever do some, some reflection in your life and say, what do I have to be grateful for today? I mean, we all have that like prayer, like, hey, God, like what's going on? Like, you know, do you like, you're, I know Ukraine's like a big deal right now, Lord. And I know there's some stuff happening around the world, but like, are you paying attention to what's happening in my world? There's always something to divert our attention, to have a negative, like, and, and real, real stuff that we go through. But do you ever just sit down and take a, piece of paper out and a pen and just start, I'm going to write down like just three things that God has been so good to me with. David begins that and he begins this little recounting these blessings that have come his way. It's for who he is. It's for what he does. His circumstances are certainly not all ideal as a young man. David was anointed as the next king of Israel for a decade of his life. He didn't know if he would actually see the next day because the current king Saul was actually sending out the armies to chase, to find David, and to actually have him killed. His own son and the kind of like the highlight of his kingdom, his own son Absalom basically stole the kingdom away and David had to flee for his life. So it's not like David had, you know, of course David had all this cool stuff. You read about all the gold he got and all, you know, all the different, you know, things that he had and all the treasures and all the accolades that King David had had. He had a really difficult life. Ours are not always ideal either, the circumstances that we face. There's always something to complain about, but there's always something to be grateful for and thankful for. And that is a choice that David says, Soul, bless the Lord, all that is within me. And don't forget all his benefits, everything that he's done for us. This isn't like an exhaustive list, but certainly takes us down this this pathway of things that we ought to be grateful for. I wonder if, um, if a lot of our difficulties in life, maybe, just, just like the, the, um, 
not recognizing blessings. I wonder if that's actually part of the things that just rob us of joy because we're not grateful for what God has done. There were 10 lepers that Jesus had healed. They left his presence. He says, you, you know, be healed. All of them were healed, but only one came back, knelt down and worshiped and praised him and thanked him. I wonder if that's my batting average. I wonder for every 10 things that God actually blesses you with, answers to prayers of yours, that you and I actually just rattle off the list the following day. Well, Lord, I, you know, I, I'll give you that one. Good job on that. But here's some more things that I actually am asking that you would take care of. What if we just took a step back and said, Lord, I want to have a joyful soul. I've got to command my soul to actually pause and say, Lord, your personal benefits to me. And he begins to list them off. Forgiveness. He says that you forgive all his iniquities. Forgiveness. That's my first need in life. That's my greatest need in life. That's your greatest need in life, by the way, is God's forgiveness for your sins. Because your sin, my sin, is what keeps us from relationship with God. And David says, Lord, I want to begin to not forget, as I often do, your benefits. And God, forgiveness is the first and great benefit it's the only way to be made right with God. David, we began this journey of the uh, summer psalms. We began uh, our summer playlist. We began looking at Psalm 32, which is David's just praise to God's uh, forgiveness for his life after he had sinned in such a great way. He committed uh, adultery with Bathsheba. She got pregnant. He tried to hide the pregnancy uh, by actually having her husband placed in the forefront of the army because he was one of the great leaders of the armies of Israel so that he would be in the heated battles uh, that they were facing during that time and he would be killed. And then David would swoop in, take her to be his wife. And miraculously, four months later, she had a baby that was eight pounds and 12 ounces. And there was just like going, dang, it took us nine months. What happened? And everyone was fooled except for God. And David's heart was just crushed because he knew that he was, you know, I mean, he had done things that would have warranted, you know, to be on death row, right? And, and yet God forgave him when he confessed his sin. Psalm 32 begins with, oh, the happiness of the man whose sins are forgiven. David knew what it was like to be forgiven. Sometimes I think we walk through life as if God hasn't forgiven us. You know, there's this like notion about, you know, uh, you, know you have to learn to forgive yourself. That's like not even the Bible, right? You, you don't have to forgive yourself. I just can't forgive myself. Well, good, you're not supposed to. Okay, God never commanded you to, hey, well, make sure you forgive yourself. Come on. It's really recognizing that your forgiveness, your freedom, declared innocent, actually comes from Almighty God. And he's the one that actually counts. But I think sometimes we walk through life like, man, I, I, I just am such a screw up. I'm such a mess. I can't believe that I would stumble back in that same thing that God, I prayed that you would deliver me from 10 years back. And now here I am once again doing these same stupid things, wandering back into sin. And David says, God, your forgiveness. I don't want to forget that benefit. He maintains our forgiveness, the Bible says in 1 John. Right? He forgives us when we, we confess our sins. And when we walk in the light as he is in the light, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ continually cleanses us. So not only is your forgiveness a gift from God, but your uh, ability to maintain a forgiven state in God's eyes, he's also upholding that. He says he heals all my diseases. 
Isaiah tells us that by his stripes that we are healed, that spiritual healing, certainly physical healing, emotional healing. God certainly does heal. Uh, I don't understand God's ways. I never will, right? Um, I think that all of us have had moments in time ago, how is it that God would bring healing to this person, but this person isn't healed? Uh, going through cancer treatment, going to sea care, it's weird going there. You, just, you feel like, like, God, why do I have the JV version of cancer? My wife hates me saying that, but that's what I felt like I got. You know what I mean? Kind of like a, I'm on the, the B team, I guess. Uh, and, and man, they've got like varsity cancer. I mean, they're dealing with like stage four kind of crazy stuff. I don't understand God's ways. I do know that he brings healing, but ultimately the healing comes when forgiveness comes our way and one day when we step into God's kingdom when he gives us a brand new body. Paul asked Jesus to take away this thorn in his flesh three times and God says, hey, it's not leaving you, but my grace is sufficient for you as you sort of journey through life with this difficulty, whatever it was for Paul, some sickness. He restores brokenness. And ultimately, healing comes in the age to come. He redeems our life from the pit, David says, from the pit. Literally, it's like destruction. It's literally hell. Like, you know, uh, the the place that, that was created for the devil and his angels. He's redeemed you and I from the pit. The fact that each one of us was on our way to a devil's hell had Christ not stepped in our place and died for our sins and redeemed us and saved us. But he also redeems us from the pits that are sort of self-dug ones. Has anyone ever just jacked up their own life? Is that it? Nope, nobody? Dang. I should write a song about that. <laughs> I jacked up my life. Here I am once again. Jacked up my life, Lord. Did it again. Uh, I would like half credit for that. I would like at least like, uh, yeah, <laughs> songwriter, there we go. Uh, I think we all can relate to that, right? At some level, we just go like, why would I ask God to help me out of this mess that I actually created? Why would I allow? You, you know, David created some messes, and he's reflecting back, Lord, you, you weren't on the edge of that like pit that I was in going like, I told you. Like, I literally... I knew this was going to happen. Like, everyone could see it. I'm also God, so I knew it was going to happen. Good luck, and then walk away. I'm so grateful, Jeremy mentioned, God's love is unconditional. We have conditional love, so it's hard for us to relate to God in a way. God, would you continue to forgive me for things that I continue to stumble in? The answer is yes. He redeems us from the pit. Addictions, despair, Think of your own life, like where you would have continued to head had Christ not intervened in your life and and pulled you out and redeemed you out of the pit. This is what David, and then he he talks about some positive things. Lord, you forgive, you heal me, you redeem me, but you also, like a crown, he says, he puts his love and mercy bestowing blessings upon us, and he satisfies us with good things. More than entertainment, more than pleasure, he satisfies us with rich things. Deep joy that comes from his blessings that come to our life. The friendships that he puts us uh, around. Uh, the, the answered prayers that he brings into our life. He satisfies us. He, he renews us, in our, like our, our strength. That, that Here David uh, is re- reflecting upon this idea that Isaiah will pick up on in Isaiah 40. 
But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. If you're stuck in a moment where you go, like in my prayer journal, I, I always, I kind of begin with, uh, um, I have little letters that kind of trigger like things that I should be thinking of as I'm praying, things that are biblical. Um, and also so I don't get sidetracked, like, you know, uh, dear Lord, I want to say, there's a squirrel. Like literally in my front yard, there's a friggin' squirrel running across, right? Satan, send him there so he can distract me from praying. TP. I put as a little letters, thanksgiving and praise. And before I begin to ask the Lord for his mercy and forgiveness for my sin, asking God's blessing upon my family, my, my grandkids, my sons, my daughter-in-laws, my wife, my church family, I stop and I say, Lord, is there anything that I can actually write in there? What am I thankful for? What do I want to praise you for? If you're stuck, start with what David talked about. Lord, I'm thankful that you forgive me. I'm thankful that you heal me. I'm thankful that you renew me. God, I'm thankful that my relationship with you ultimately is what satisfies my life. David actually declares here, God, these are the things that I'm grateful for. He continues on and says, not just to me, but also to the nation. He talks about his gratefulness for God's compassion on us. If we read quickly, he says in verse 6, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above, so great is his steadfast love to those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it and it is gone, and his place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to the children's children, to those who keep his covenant and, he remem and remember to do his commandments. David says, God, I'm thankful for your personal benefits and blessings to me. God, I'm thankful for your compassionate nature to the nation of Israel that I shepherd and look over. He's a God of compassion to those who are oppressed. You know, we live in a world where I think that we're becoming more and more aware of just like how oppressed people can live in our whole entire world. And sometimes it's like, uh, I think I was listening to, uh, as I'm getting older, I'm getting nostalgic. Oh, by the way, I got a record player yesterday. And, and the first album I own is um, Moving Pictures, Rush. Right? I mean, like one of the greatest... I mean, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, man. And I was like, Tammy, what are you doing? Like, you know, she was like, I don't know. It was, uh, she, I was going to say she would grab something and started lighting it up, but that would be a horrible joke for me to make as a pastor. <laughs> so the second service is going to be way more appropriate. So I apologize for that. I was listening to Joshua Tree and I was thinking about 
the, the, the song, Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Uh, have, you, have you read the news today? Like, I wish I could, like, close my eyes and make it go away. I'm listening to that song. I'm like, yeah, me too, Bono. Like, it's a jacked up world we live in. Oppression. You think about, you know, just all of it. We work with the Central Valley Justice Coalition. You hear about, you know, people that are being you know, trafficked, you know what I mean? Young kids being trafficked in our community and realizing that every single high school, including Clovis North, the great Clovis North, has students that have been identified and, and sought to be trafficked by human traffickers in our community. It's crazy, isn't it? You say, Lord, like, like man, when are you going to, like, break through the clouds and, like, you know, well, he does currently through the church speaking for those who have no voice through agencies like Central Valley Justice Coalition who are working to uh, relieve those who are oppressed. And yet sometimes it feels like that, that men get away with it. But one day God will right every wrong. One day uh, men will be held accountable. He'll judge the world in righteousness. In verse 7, he talked about the way his compassion led the children of Israel. He made his ways known and his acts to, to Moses, and he made his, his acts known to the children of Israel. He talked about his, uh, that he's merciful uh, and, and he's filled with steadfast love. David learned that from God's word as he read through the story of Moses in Exodus, how God's uh, presence went past Moses and he declared his character. He said, I'm a God who's merciful and gracious and slow to anger. Slow to anger. That's who God is. He's righteous, but he's loving. And he's made a way for a righteous God to extend mercy to sinners. And in verse 10, as he declares this wonderful verse, right? He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our own iniquities. This is what grace is all about. He treats you in a way that you don't deserve to be treated because he because he dealt with another on our behalf, his own son, Jesus Christ. He doesn't treat us like our sins deserve, but he treated his son like our sins deserved. As Jesus himself, uh, uh, Paul says that he became, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. He forgives. He forgives. He's full of mercy. And how great is his love for us. He says, it's higher than the heavens. This, this universe is continually to expand right now. And, and maybe years back, they might say, well, the heavens are, you know, 46 billion light years away. And it continues to grow. The good news is that that's how much his love continues to grow for you and I in this world. He's full of mercy. He's removed my sins as far as the east is from the west. David was not a flat earther. He was a, a person who believed the world was round. And uh, I don't want to get a shout out to my flat earthers today because we're having a good day so far, right? <laughs> you know, if you go from the north, eventually you start going south, right? But if you go east, you're always going east, right? You're always going east. He's removed our sins where they actually will never meet again. They never actually come our way again. God's love extends forever. And he, and he couldn't love us anymore even if we had never fallen and didn't need his forgiveness. That's how much he loves us. In verse 13, he talks about his compassionate nature upon us like a parent, his compassion for his children. 
Why is he so merciful? Because he says he knows our frame. He knows that we're fragile, we're made from dust. He takes into account our weaknesses and our frailty. Years back when we would take the kids to Disneyland, I have so many great memories of my three boys. We had so much fun, so much sword fighting uh, by the Pirates of the Caribbean, my favorite ride. And, uh, and, and, you know, we would take them when they were little too, you know, two, you know, three years old, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it's not like we hey, get out of the minivan. Uh, I regret that time period. And uh, we get out of the minivan. Everybody else get like, you know, got those, uh, those Chevy, you know what I mean, Tahoes. I'm like, what? Why didn't people tell me? I didn't realize that we could do that too. Uh, and so uh, um, it's like we like in the parking lot, like, here's the deal, man. You know, Austin, I, I'm telling you, dude, I swear, if you start crying today because your late, little legs get tired, you know what I mean? I don't want to hear it. You know, it's like compassionate, Right. And, and, and you carry your kid, we'd be exhausted. It's <laughs> like, like tag team, Tammy, you're it. Look at your shoulders, they're so strong. Put them on there. You know, <laughs> we carry our kids. We get home. It's not like we're just like, you know what, man, I'm thinking about trading you back. If you can't get all the way up to the stairs and brush your, t- no, it's just compassionate and all the different things of a parent, you know, those, those, those good moments as parents that we have, right? Where you have compassion for our kids. He is, I think sometimes here David like recognizes, Lord, you see me for what I am. And I think sometimes we put expectations on our own selves. They're just not realistic. Lord, I swear on a stack of Bibles or, or Bible apps that I will never do this ever again. Right? David says, Lord, you know my frame. You know what's wonderful about the Lord? When someone says, I feel like that I've sinned too much and that God can't forgive me. I'm like, you know what? He chose you before the foundations of the world to be his adopted son or daughter. He did that before you had a chance to sin. So he's already decided that you're my child. I want to pay for your sins. And you haven't, you haven't used up his grace yet. Am I suggesting like, hey, well, let's just live it up because, you know, there's a whole mess of sins he still wants to forgive. No, it brings destruction to our life. Sin ruins our life. That's why he redeems us from it, forgives us for it, and empowers us to overcome it. But the point is, is that, uh, is that his, his, you know, we, we think, man, I should be stronger than this. The Lord knows. The Lord knows our weaknesses. We might get shocked when we struggle and stumble, but he's not. He knows us, he loves us, and he wants us to learn how to rely upon him. He contrasts uh, him with human beings. He says, man's days are fleeting in verse 15 through 18. God's mercy extends to eternity from vanishing point to vanishing point. Think about this, this beauty. God, your love is higher than the heavens, and, and your mercy extends right from uh, vanishing point to vanishing point, horizon to horizon. If you look and right when you just get to the edge, just beyond that in both sides, that's how, how far his mercy goes for us. The idea is that though everything changes, his love remains. David's clear to say, this isn't for every single person. There are those who actually continue to uh, reject God from their lives. He says that these are the blessings, these are the things that we should be grateful for, for those who love him, those who follow him, those who keep his commands, his command to believe on Jesus Christ for salvation. Those who are believers are the ones who receive this. 
David knows that all the source of the blessings that are in his life is from God. I'm not forgiven because I've tried hard this week. I'm not in a, uh, a place of relationship with God because I'm actually, uh, I've been sweet or better. It's because of his mercy and love. That's what David says I'm grateful for. The third and final is, is very simple in verse 19. He says, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts. Now, he's, now it's just not his personal blessings. Now it's not just the nation's blessings. Now it's all the angelic hosts He's calling to this moment of, of, of join the chorus of blessing the Lord and recounting the reasons why we ought to praise him. He says, bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works and all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. David's uh, reasons to praise, personal blessings, his compassionate nature on all of us, and third, his sovereign rule over all. I think that David could look at the world and realize like sometimes it feels like it's out of control. Sometimes it feels like the devil's winning. <clears throat> but he says, Lord, I want to praise you because you are the sovereign ruler over all. And when we feel like the troubles of this life, the corruptions of this world, that Satan is winning, David blesses the Lord and says, God, you are in control and everything is working out according to your plan and according to your will. I think too often we live life. Uh, somebody said it right. We are, um, we're believers, uh, but we're practical atheists. Does that make sense? We, we live as if God doesn't exist. We go through life as if he's not available to give us strength and to support us and to build us up. We have this head knowledge, but we actually live as if, he, if, as if, as if he's no longer on the throne. David says, Lord, you're the sovereign ruler over all. He begins with the soul, then the nation, and then all creation. He says, bless the Lord. It's as if a worship leader is calling everyone to gather to say, he is worthy of our praise. There are many things that you and I ought to be grateful for and to bless his name for. His praiseworthiness is so great that all his works, all his hosts in heaven, every angel, all his creation, all of it together is still inadequate to declare and do justice to what he really deserves. I think our, our challenge and our task is to remember his blessings and the fact that he's the source of all those blessings and to praise him for it and to be filled with gratitude and praise in our, our, our lives. I think a great a great thought as we wrap up is, man, will, will we join that chorus? What will this week look like for you? Will you, will you do what David does and sort of command your soul to say, hey, soul, listen, uh, as he does in another place? There's a lot to be downcast over, but why when God is so good? Why face this difficult situation in your own strength again? When the Lord has proven over and over that he wants to come alongside of you and to lift you up and empower you to face what you and I are, are facing and being challenged with. I, I want to encourage you this week, maybe to take a next step and say, Lord, I'm going to 
before I begin to just sort of share what's going on in my life, he already knows what's happening. I'm going to actually make a daily habit of bringing one thing to your presence that I'm grateful for. And maybe even write it down. Maybe even send it to a friend of yours and say, hey, here's what I'm uh, blessing the Lord for today. What are you going to bless the Lord for today? Right? Such a great practice to be grateful. It's amazing how people who are grateful, ever met like a really grateful person? And you just went like, you shouldn't be happy. <laughs> it's like, I, mean, I, I, I know your life. I know your story. There's a lot that you should be really, I mean, it's kind of a mess, right? And you just go, amen. I heard that, amen, back there. You say, man, but there's so much to be grateful for. And you're almost envious going like, like, I don't want what you're dealing with, but dang, I really like your attitude. And I like kind of like how your soul seems just like joyful because of the healthy practice of saying, soul, bless the Lord. All that's within me, bring it to him. This week, reflect on the benefits of the Lord in your life. Maybe even read this psalm over and write them down. It's not an extensive list. There's plenty of room for you to add. Don't add it in the scripture. You get in trouble for that. Taking away things and adding things to God's words like big deal in Revelation. But you can on a piece of paper, Lord, and I want to thank you for this. And Lord, I want to bless you for this. See how it changes the sort of trajectory, trajectory of your week. Actually going, you know what? I have so much to be grateful for. Maybe you're in a spot where you say, man, I want, I want to have those kind of benefits in my life. Uh, maybe you come to a place in, today where you're realizing like, you know, I don't have a relationship with God. I don't actually know God. I don't, uh, you know, a great, a great uh, thing to process is like, you know, what are you trusting in right now the one day each one of us is going to die, what are you trusting in that God's going to welcome you into his kingdom? If your answer is, well, I tried hard, or I tried to follow the golden rule, or I tried to keep God's commandments, all of those are, are not adequate. All of us have sinned. All of our good works couldn't buy us one second in God's presence in his kingdom. The Bible says that, that, that God demonstrated his love for us, in that while we are still sinners, Romans 5, 8, that Christ died for us. The Bible says, Paul writes to the Corinthian church and says, for God made him, Jesus, who never sinned, to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. How do you, how do you be a man or woman who's living with these kinds of blessings in your life? Well, you've got to be a follower of his. How do I become a follower of Jesus? Well, you, you recognize that you're a sinner. You've broken God's commands. You recognize that, that Christ died for you on the cross. When he died on the cross, he absorbed God's wrath in your place and in my place as if he was the one who committed those sins. That's what he was willing to do for us. And you ask him to forgive you and say, God, I want to now follow you and turn away from my life of rebellion and sin that was living a life apart from you. 
being a Christian is more than just a, like a, acknowledging a set of beliefs, which are true, or a creed that you would profess, but it's taking Christ up as a resident in your heart. Jesus said something in Revelation 3. He said, uh, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Maybe you've seen a picture of Jesus. He's sort of like the, the uh, you know, surfer, Huntington Beach, hippie Jesus, you know, knocking on a door. Your grandma might have had a picture of it. Like super white guy, it's not who he looked like probably. There's a door though, there's a little lanterns, and you've noticed that the door on the, on the picture doesn't have a handle on the outside. You're like, somebody paid money for this? It's like not even finished. It's, it was left off for a purpose. It was, a, it was a, a, a picture painted on this verse, Revelation 3.20. It says, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with them and they with me. The idea is that you are the one who has to open up the door of your heart and your life and say, Lord, I want you to come into my life, take up residence here, and make me a new person. Forgive me. God, I want to be one that's a part of this tribe and family that is the recipient of all these blessings that continue on throughout my journey on life and then welcome me into his eternal kingdom one day when I die. Maybe you're watching today, maybe you're with us in this room right now, and you say, hey, Gordon, I want, I want to commit my life to Jesus I want to have my sins forgiven. I want to begin a relationship with, with Jesus today. We're going to pray. Jeremy's going to come up and lead us in a couple songs. But I want to encourage you just to bow your heads with me and close your eyes and let's pray. Lord, thank you for this psalm today, God. Thank you for the blessing today that today is, Lord. And uh, certainly, God, uh, I'm super grateful for all these lovely words, thoughts, prayers, hugs. Uh, Lord, I am blessed beyond measure, beyond uh, what I deserve. I'm thankful, thankful for my friends today, God. We're thankful for your word, God. We're thankful that today, God, we can listen to your word, God, and and see um, just how good you really are to us. Lord, may we not continue in a state of forgetfulness. Would you forgive us, Lord, for those times that we just blow into your presence without pausing, reflecting on who you are, your worthiness of praise. And Lord, the gratitude that ought to well up in our hearts for all that you've done for us. Lord, the answer prayers, the strength to uh, face difficulty in life, the hope that we have, God, that Lord, things will get better because you are the one who's um, leading our life. Lord, the sufferings of this life, Paul says, don't compare to the glory that awaits us in heaven. So Lord, we thankful, we're thankful for all that you do for us. God, I'm also praying for, there might be one person here today that says that, that they acknowledge to their own soul and to you, Lord, that they, they don't know you, but they want to. They want to have their sins forgiven. They want to have a relationship with the living God. Being a Christian is not about a religion. It's about having a relationship with you. It's about being right with you. And the only way for a person to be made right with you is not trying harder or keeping your commands that none of us can keep, but surrendering our heart to the living God, confessing our sin, and proclaiming, Jesus, that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, and Lord, to invite you in. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you're, maybe this is your first time. Maybe you've been here for 50 times. I don't know, but... Maybe you're watching, maybe you're listening on our podcast right now, but maybe today's the day you say, hey, Gordon, 
Pray for me. I want to surrender my heart to Jesus. I want my sins forgiven. I want to be a part of his kingdom. If that's you, I just want you to very quickly lift your hand up. There's nobody looking around right now except for me, but you say, hey, Gordon, would you pray for me? Today I want to surrender to him. It doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. He loves you. He's a plan for your life, but it begins today with you surrendering. Anybody here this morning? God bless you, man. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else this morning? Man, he loves each and every one of you so much. Maybe you've been living your own life again. You've sort of taken the reins. And today's the day you say, Lord, I'm done living my life on my own. God, I want to surrender to you. Maybe that's you today. You need to come back to the Lord. Let me pray for you as well. Anybody here today? You say, Lord, I'm ready to surrender my life into your hands again. If that's you, you lift your hand. Let me pray for you. God bless you, ma'am. Anybody else? Man, he loves each and every one of us today. Man, he's so gracious, so merciful. Uh, Listen, if today's the day you say, I'm ready to surrender to Jesus, or maybe today's the day that you say, Lord, I'm done living my life again on my own. God, I want to today surrender to you. I'm gonna pray a prayer up here. You pray this prayer in your heart. It's not about the words. It's about God's looking at your heart and what it is that you're asking him to do in your life. I want you to pray something like that after me in your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, today I know that I'm a sinner and today I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins, Lord, and you rose from the dead. Today, Lord, I choose to trust in you as my Lord and Savior. Today, Lord, I choose to follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life, Jesus, and help me to do your will. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for my sins. It's in your awesome and precious name that I pray.